culture down there, but the food is so good. Mm. Hallelujah. Gumbo and all of that stuff. Got to get my workspace right. Praise God. Good to be in the house of the Lord today. And thank you, Brother Philip, for being sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You was going to get them up here and you thought I was going to speak a word of faith. No, you got them up here. You're going to do it. It's the only way you're going to learn. Praise God. Praise God. I, uh, this morning, I, 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 I'm going to prepare us. This is, we've got to get this, folks. The dam is getting ready to break. Now, this morning, it doesn't look like it. If you look at it with a natural eye, of course, we've got another service going on somewhere else in the building and, and then all those people uh, coming back from the wedding. But um, the dam is getting ready to break. And uh, we are going to have to be prepared. And this is, uh, this is what I'm going to talk about this morning for a little bit. Uh, so let's stand. I'm going to read from... Second Corinthians 1 9. I didn't highlight it, but there it is. Second Corinthians 1 and 9. Oh, we got it up there. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead. But we have had the sentence of death in ourself. I'm going to preach for a little while uh, this morning um, from the subject, sentenced to death. Sentenced to death. It's very important that we get this because when that dam breaks, we're going to get overwhelmed. And if we're still trying to live, and if we're still trying to do things our way, we're going to get swallowed up. God has talked to us a lot of times over the last little bit in bits and pieces. Uh, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to talk to us today. And uh, we're going to see where this goes. You can be seated. My wife was reading the newspaper yesterday at the table, which was kind of a, I think it was maybe around lunchtime or whenever it was, we were sitting there eating. And she had the paper open and she was reading about the Scott Peterson uh, deal. You know that has been 15 years? I, time gets away, doesn't it? Uh, he killed his wife and uh, she was expecting a child and and uh, he got uh, the death sentence, and and most of you will remember all of that from. And then I was very shocked about it hasn't been long. Was it two, three weeks ago? Whatever his sentence was overturned on some kind of technicality, and and I don't blame the guy. I mean, what he has nothing, absolutely nothing to lose to try to to save his life. I, there's probably not an individual in this room or an individual in the world that would not 
Do everything you're doing to try to escape the death penalty. Doesn't matter how guilty you are or whatever, but... Um, and I'm, 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 I'm thinking because it was just... It couldn't have been more than two weeks ago I heard in the, on the news that uh, his, his sentence had been overturned. I'm thinking, okay, he's, gonna, he's going to uh, be on death row, uh, not on death row, but, but uh, normally when, when something like that happens, uh, it's commuted to life in prison without parole. And, and I just went on and then it, it came that he's going to get a new trial. And I'm thinking, okay. I just wonder, is it possible? I'm just thinking in my mind a few days ago, is it possible they're going to retry and try to get the death penalty again? And I'm thinking, God, I'm not sure. You're, you know, you're gambling with a whole lot, but I don't have a legal mind, and I don't know all of this kind of stuff. And so I just passed it off until yesterday. My wife was reading in the paper that evidently the prosecutor is going to seek the death penalty uh, again. And after he spent... Wow, he, he spent more than 10 years, I think, on, on death row and, and under the best conditions, death row is not good. And I think I read somewhere back during the time that uh, uh, right after his sentencing that death row is a very bad place. I'm not talking about because of what is imminent or looming but uh, just the conditions that are there, uh, death row is not a good place to live. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not on the jury, and I'm, that's in California, and it's none of my business, but uh, we have all thought of this at one time or another, what it must be like to be on death row, sentenced to death, and know that your day is ultimately coming. But in the spirit world, if we are ever going to be what God wants us to be, there has to come a death to this man right here. Brother Wright mentioned last weekend that um, He got to talking, and I've, I've instructed pastor before, and, and it was the same way this time. Uh, all of these preachers that come in here, when they come in here, they come in blind. They don't know anything. And uh, here he comes in and picks up on, on, on the very thing that uh, we knew, but uh, God give him some insight that is going to be very, very valuable to us. But if we're ever going to get where we've got to go, I have to die. Every one of us is born with a will, a baby. I'm not going to go down this road very far, but a baby, a young kid is going to exercise its will when it's only months old. No, don't, no, yeah, and, and you get that. Fight back, that fight back. Why? Because I've, I've got a will. That, that baby has a will and it exercises it from, from the earliest age. And we grow up with that will wanting to do things our way. Some people come to God and want to make just a certain commitment to God. 
God, I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll go this far. I'll show up at this service, but I won't show up on that one. And I'm going to do this, but I'm going to reserve something else for myself. One of the worst things that we can ever do, it's called iniquity, is reserve the right to make our own decision. As long as we make our own decision, we're not dead. We've never reached the place of death until we give it all to God and say, God, okay, I'll do whatever you want, whenever you want. This morning, about 3.30, the Lord woke me up. And it was up to me to decide, am I going to get up and obey what God wants me to do or am I going to roll over and try to go back to sleep? It's a daily thing. Thank God the spirit won out this morning. I'm not going to tell you it wins out, has won out every time because there's probably been a few times that it hasn't, but... But every day, there's going to be some test. We've got a sentence of death in our self. I pray this scripture every time I go to prayer in the morning time. I prayed it this morning about 4 o'clock. Galatians 2 and 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm going to slow down right here, and I'm just going to talk about this scripture for a period of time because there's so much here. I am crucified with Christ. Now, Paul could say that. But we can't say that until we're crucified with him. And it's those little tests that come on an almost daily basis that will determine, am I crucified with Christ? Am I dead? And it's a daily battle. You can kill it today, but it's going to do its best to rise up tomorrow. But I've got to come to that place. We have to come to that place to where we can say, I'm crucified with him. Because the next phrase there says, nevertheless, I live. Now, how can I live if I am crucified? If I'm dead, how can I live? But the next scripture tells us Yet it's not I. You see what's happening now? There's got to be a transformation. There's going to be life in here somewhere. It's either going to be our life or it's going to be his life. And we're the one that determines that. And the only way that the life of Christ is going to live in us is if my life is gone. 
But you see, all of our lives, we've been used to calling the shots for ourselves, and we've, we're used to making our own decisions. And that death process is never easy, and it's never quick. I want to do this. I want to do that. I believe it's in the book of James. James uh, said, don't say I'm going to go do this or that, and I'm paraphrasing, but if the Lord will. Well, there's a lot of things I will to do, I want to do, I, I plan to do, but not everything God plans for me to do. I remember one time, it's been a number, it's been 30 years ago. For whatever reason, I got it in my head. I wanted to go buy this new car. And I went to the dealership and did a test drive. He said, here, take that, take this uh, car for the weekend. Well, I didn't want to take the car for the weekend for uh, several reasons. One is I don't want to feel obligated. Here I have put, this is a brand new car, probably five or 10 miles on it, and I'm going to put 100 miles on it, and that is going to make the car worthless. And if I decide not to buy it, then, then it, it's much harder to come back and say, here's your car. But on Sunday night, I got this old sinking feeling in me. This thing's not going to work. I just don't feel right about this. So Monday morning I go back in and that salesman was very crestfallen because he's going to lose the money. But you see that will, I had to struggle with it. And, and every one of you have something that you deal with on a daily basis. It may be something different every day. But Christ is trying to get us to the place that my will dies and my life dies because if my life does not die and my will does not die, he can never live his life in us. And this is... This takes maturity. It doesn't happen the moment we come to God. This doesn't happen overnight. It is a struggle that we will struggle with until the day that we die. But, but Paul reached that place. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. And, and, and so many times, how many have, have we, uh, times have we prayed, God, I, I, I want to be close to you. I want to walk with you. I, I, I want to, to fellowship with you. And, and all of this stuff, we, I, I want relationship with you. Well, I'm going to tell you how to have a real relationship with him. And it's right here in Galatians 2 and 20. We've got to first be crucified. And if we allow ourselves, crucifixion is always, 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 always voluntary. It's always voluntary. Let's go back to Mount Moriah in the book of Genesis. Abraham and Isaac are ascending the mountain and, and, and uh, Abraham and Isaac. And Isaac looked at Abraham and he said, Behold the wood and the fire, but where is the sacrifice? At this point, Abraham was approximately 125 years old and Isaac was approximately 25 years old. Now, who could whip who? 
Abraham said, God will provide a sacrifice. But God allowed him, made him go through the process of binding him up. And because, just because of their age, he surrendered and he submitted. Isaac did. He could have fought back. He could have said, no, you don't think that at 25 he could run faster than his 125-year-old dad? Yeah. He surrendered. He submitted. Crucifixion is always voluntary. It's not my will. It's thy will be done. It's whatever you see, Abraham had a promise, and, and I'm sure that he passed the promise on to, to Isaac. He probably rehearsed it in his uh, hearing time and time, year after year, all his life. He heard the promise that God gave to Abraham, but it was never his promise up to this point. That's daddy's promise. Yeah, I know it. it it involves me, but that's, that's daddy's promise. But you see, there came a time where Isaac had to make a decision. It wasn't just Abraham's decision. Son, we're going to go up the mountain and God is going to provide a sacrifice. But Isaac had to make a decision. Okay, I buy into this. If the promise of God that he gave to my dad is true, then he's going to work it out somehow, so I'm going to surrender. Praise God. And so he did it voluntarily. We fast forward about 2,100 years, 1,900 to 2,100 years, however much. Jesus is in the garden. He said, not my will, but Thy will be done. You think he wanted to, to stretch his arms out? He said, I could pray to the Father and he would give me, what was it, 12 legions of angels? He had to make a decision. I'm either going to surrender or I'm not. For him, is if there's going to be a church... If there's going to be a bride of Christ, somebody has to die. And Jesus made that decision in the garden. And if I'm going to die, I've got to make that decision. Okay, God, it's not my will. If he's going to live in me, it's going to be because I am crucified with Christ. But I'm going to tell you what. The thing that happens once we make that decision to be crucified with him, that is when the real life of Christ begins to emerge in us. Paul said in Galatians 4 and 19, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. I'm going to tell you, when somebody comes to God, they're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Christ is not formed in them. That takes a period of time. 
Saved, yep. But very immature. Babies in Christ. And it takes that process that God puts everyone through that walks with him until Christ is formed in him. That's what God is doing in every one of us. Some of these things that, that we deal with. And Brother Philip told just one little, one snippet, one sentence of his story uh, just a few moments ago of that situation that he dealt with and he had come to come to a place. Am I going to keep this anger and just bury it again and allow that to trigger ever now and then and push it back down and, and, and let it, or am I going to allow God to have it so that he can replace it with something of the spirit? It's never easy. He's going to ask us to do, Brother Wright talked about it last week. Even with his promises, he's going to give us a test. And most of the time, we don't know that we're taking a test until we look back and say, oh, that was a test. I'm going to tell you, I, 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 I'm not making 100%, but I pray God help me. I've got to get a passing score. I really want to get as close to 100%, but I know that I've got to deal with this, this flesh and, and it, 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 it's just there. But, but I'm praying, I want Christ to be formed in me. But when Christ now liveth in me, now what happens? In put that scripture back up there, Galatians 2.20. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live... Galatians 2.20, by the faith of the Son of God. You cannot reach that level of living by the faith of the Son of God until crucifixion comes. Okay, God. And most of the time, it's not going to be one big thing. It's going to be a series of small things. In Philippians 1 and 21, Paul wrote, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Colossians 3 and 34, or 3 and 3 through 4, For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, Christ is not our life until we have been crucified. Until we can say, I am crucified with Christ, we can't say, Christ is our life. But you see, this is where the miracles take place. This is where God operates through us in a dimension that he hasn't been able to operate through us up to now. It's when we die. Okay, not my will, but thy will be done. And we surrender our life. That's when the life of God starts to flow through us. And that's where we lay hands on the sick and they recover and we speak a word of faith and it happens. And, and the miraculous flows through us and all of the things of God operate in us only after we are willing to die. I, I started reading a couple of weeks ago the book of 2 Corinthians and, and I read it and then I read it again and then I started over 
in it again. And the recurring theme, and this is, this is where, where I am this morning in 2 Corinthians 4 and 10. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. How's that happening? I'm dying every day. Bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Folks, we are not here for this to live. We want to rule and reign with him. We're going to have to die with him. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. What happens is the old life dies. And that new life, which is the life of Christ, which is the joy of the Lord. And and the freedom in the Holy Ghost. And free from guilt. And free from shame. And free from all of the things that we have carried in our life, even after we have been walking with God for a while. That life of Christ. And, and, and if, if anyone would come up to us and say, you want the life of Christ in you? Everyone, yeah. Well, there's a caveat to that. There's got to be a death. We want that life of Christ, but we don't really want to die. Scott Peterson doesn't want to die. And I don't blame him, regardless of whether he's guilty or not. That's not the issue. We want the life without the death. But we're not going to get to his life until we die. We've got to come to that point. Okay, God, this is, this is for you. Whatever. Take, do it. And and, and I promise you, I promise you in Jesus' name, he's going to test you. Verse 11 says, For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus, life also of Jesus, might be made manifest in our lives. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. He's speaking here to the Corinthian church. And he is giving a little bit of his uh, life story. Really is what it is. Because his life three three times uh, left for dead. uh, A day and a night in the sea. And all of the things that he went through. It was a death so that life, he was telling the Corinthians, can work in you. Yeah, I got to suffer all of this. But there is something that happens. He's relating it to the Corinthian church. There's something that happens when I die. Because when I die and I'm willing to suffer all that I suffer, there is a life that happens in you. And that's where we are. And we have got to make a decision. I'm I'm telling you, 
And I know we all feel it. The dam is getting ready to break in this place. This place is going to be very small very soon. And then we're going to have to decide. Brother Wright was right on target, and I am just, I'm, I'm coming back to hammer a lot of things he said last, last week. With newborn babies, there's going to be some issues. And we're going to have to decide if when we get that phone call from that newborn baby, do I want to sleep or do I want to pray or do I want to counsel or do I want, do I want my time and my space infringed on? I loved my babies when they came home. I loved them. But most of us here are very well aware they do change your life forever. I've said it a lot of times, getting married doesn't change your life that much. Now, it does change it. But not in comparison to the way that a baby changes. My wife and I, after we were married, oh man, get in the car and drive 350 miles on a whim to see her mom or whatever and we could move around and do what we wanted to do to a large degree and and it was all well and good but when you have those newborns and and they have issues and they have needs your ability to do the things you used to do is restricted but if they are going to live we're going to have to die and I'm going to tell you right now, there are some of you that need to get a little bit more involved in the work of God and help pull the load than you have been up to this point. Because all of a sudden, when we have to have 10 or 12 uh, bathrobes cleaned in a week, We've got to have people doing some things and some, some different issues in, in, in all kinds. I'm just using this as an example. There's some people that's going to have to be more than a bench warmer. Because they will die if we do not die. Somebody's going to die. Either mama is going to die so that the life of Christ can come and ministry can flow. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I've been going through all of this stuff in my mind, how it's going to affect me. I'm supposed to have the ability to move around and do what I want to and be gone when I want to, as long as I want to. But it has just recently occurred to me I'm going to have to stay home and help take care of some business. And that's not to say that I won't do my international travel. I will, but um, God will allow that. But when he doesn't tell me to go, that, is, that means I've got to, I've got, I'm, 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 it's going to change my life. And I'm, I'm supposed to be that, you know, I'm the bishop. I get to sit back and let the pastor take care of the work and do all of that kind of stuff. And I just oversee and just give advice and all of that kind of stuff. But it's going to change my life. But you see, this is stuff I began praying way back in the 80s. What God is getting ready to do. You think I am going to mess it up now? Oh, no. 
know. Death worketh in us, but life in you. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. What know ye, you are not your own? Or, or, or you are not, uh, what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost in which you have in God and you're not your own, but ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which is God's. We're going to have to die. We just got to die. We are getting ready to transition. There's a season that is coming that is going to change us. And I think we all feel it. Every one of us are going to have to re-examine. I just told you how I'm re-examining. Yeah. I thought after my wife retired, well, we're, gonna, we're just going to float around the country and we're going to go overseas and ride bullet trains and do all of this kind of stuff. And, and um, God has very gently let me know that it, it's... it's, it's like that and coming up it's not going to be like that but you know what I'm going to do I'm going to stay home when he says stay home and I'm going to do everything I can I teach Bible studies I don't care what it is so that life can live in them I've got to die. I've got to die. I have to die. And when I die, then he lives. And his life. Praise God. Well, let's stand. I was thinking about it a little while ago while Brother Philip was up here. We've got to get to, to the place that we have no preconceived idea of what church is. And today is a good example of that. Catch the pastor gone and while the, I guess while the cat's away, the mice can play. But we've got to come in here expecting God to do anything. Today he wants to talk to us and to warn us and to, to prod us. I got to die. But when I die, life is going to be born in someone else. Praise God. Praise God. Why don't we gather around the front? What I'm going to share with you tonight is going to be very important. It's going to be very low key. Um, 
But I do feel like the Lord has given me direction. <clears throat> I called pastor and told him what I was feeling. And, and um, let me mention too that this week there is a worldwide prayer meeting. Uh, how many of you were aware of that? Very few. A worldwide prayer meeting. We'll talk about it tonight a little bit more. Uh, it's going to be all week, Monday through Friday. Um, and so let's, as much as possible, um, set aside some time. Uh, it's going to, the, the prayer meeting is going to originate there from Annapolis and, and, uh, it's going to be live streamed and then people literally last I heard from every continent on the planet was involved in this prayer meeting and so we'll uh, get the information to you tonight and how to plug in and I would like for uh, uh, there to be a representation here in the afternoon every night this week among uh, the men and we'll uh, kind of organize that tonight but I wonder if we would just gather in just a little bit more. Praise God. Hallelujah. I got to die. I got to die. Really, I've got to die if I'm going to be saved. Hallelujah. Let's just love him for a moment. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus.